Hi everyone, this is Tyler Buckingham, and I am pleased to announce a brand new feed on the American Shoreline Podcast Network, ASPN University. ASPNU is your podcast destination to access the cutting-edge thinking and research taking place on the campuses and research vessels of the elite academic institutions on the American shoreline. Here you will access the coastal discussions as never before, with engaging stories of cutting-edge research, innovative thinking, and students who will soon be the next generation of coastal and ocean professionals. This month, we kick off ASPNU with a four-part series on engineering with nature, featuring graduate voices from the Oregon State University. Hi there, I'm Megan Wengrove, an assistant professor at OSU and instructor for a coastal engineering with nature course. Our goal with this ASPN series is to explore the use of nature in coastal engineering design. In coming decades, we believe coastal professionals, engineers, and scientists must respond to challenges in a way that is more compatible with nature. We must learn to work with the natural world and not against it. Our weekly series premiering all month on ASPN features four ideas surrounding this theme, each story hosted by a group of OSU graduate students. This week on episode three, hosted by Asan Yazdani and Andy Thomwang, we will introduce you to a chronic coastal problem around the world, dune erosion, and a new cutting edge engineering solution that we may be able to use to protect our coasts. Thanks for joining us and thanks to the American Shoreline Podcast Network for developing this series with Oregon State University and hosting and distributing our shows. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oregon State University Coastal Engineering with Nature Class podcast. I'm Asan, a geotechnical engineering grad student, along with my friend Andy our host of this podcast, and we hope to be able to provide you some new information about the topic. In this podcast, we are going to talk about one of the interesting ground improvement methods and its application as a nature-based solution to shoreline erosion. And this novel technique is biocementation, using microbes to improve engineering properties of soil such as shear strength and stiffness. Biocementation enhances the strength and stiffness of soil through the activity of microorganisms or their byproducts and can be used to prevent or mitigate variety of geotechnical problems including liquefaction potential of sand, building settlement, erosion, and slope instability. Soil improvement using biocement has been studied for the last decade. During this process, calcium carbonate crystals are precipitated in the soil and act as cement agent for soil particles, in a way similar to cement to increase the shear strength of the soil. And also we know that uh, coastal dunes are often present the first line of defense for the built environment during extreme wave surge and storm events. Therefore, this natural barrier to the destructive forces of waves should be preserved and protected. In this part of podcast, we have a guest, Dr. Megan Wengrove from Oregon State University. 
She is working on the effects of large storm events on deep-seated erosion and hydraulics of nature-based features such as shorelines, marsh restoration, and coastal dunes. Hi, Megan, and thank you for accepting my invitation and joining us. Megan, we know that coastal dunes are natural features of the coastal landscape. As the first question, what are dunes on the beach? And also, could you please provide us some information about the main mechanisms for dune building? Yeah, thanks, Asan, for having me. Um, yeah, so dunes, coastal dunes are the big sand um, masses that are on the shorelines. And um, the way they form is through a combination of both wind and waves, with the main mechanism being wind. So when the wind blows down the beach, it starts moving a bunch of sand. And then if there's vegetation or um, a rock or woody debris or something on the beach, then the sand collects around those different um, objects. And so over time, these like small incipient dunes start forming, which are small dunes. And then um, as we go through years, they can develop into the big dunes that you see um, on the coast. And there's, you know, different levels of dune. There's the four dunes, which are right by the ocean, and then secondary dunes that are behind it. And as you move from the ocean towards the secondary dunes, you can move from different types of vegetation if the dunes are vegetated. Um, on the four dunes, you have mainly grasses, and then on the secondary dunes, it can be trees um, or big bushes. Um, and then, so that's wind growth, but then there's also wave growth where there's been some research to show that even during um, moderate storm events or regular wave conditions, depending on the beach, um, you can have sand that's pushed up towards the dune uh, from the waves, um, like the run up running up the beach. So there's a few different ways that they grow and form. So wind and water build dunes. Megan, what makes a dune erode? Yeah, so um, the major mechanism of erosion are, is from wave events. So I said before that dunes can grow from waves. Um, but if the water levels become too high, uh, then when these waves start impacting the dune, they um, start pulling the sand offshore uh, and usually form some kind of a sandbar offshore. So the wave, it's a combination of both waves and water level. Your water level needs to be high enough that the waves can actually reach the dune. And if the water level is high enough and the waves are reaching and impacting the dune, a dune can start scarping. Um, that's where you see the, st the steep uh, face on the front of the dune. And if it's really high water levels, then, then um, the dune can be overtopped. So that's when the water is going completely over top of the dune itself. Um, and these high water levels are caused by, uh, mainly by storm surge. Um, in combination with high tides. So storm surge is when there's a big storm offshore and it pushes the water surface down um, and then the wind is blowing onshore. So you have a combination of just the pressure from the storm pushing water up the coast as well as the wind um, pushing more water on onto the, sh the beach as well. So yeah, the waves and the water level cause the, can cause dune erosion.
What we know about the climate change impacts on uh, dune erosion, uh, I mean, we know that uh, sea level rise is one of the most severe impacts of climate change. Uh, what's the effect of this phenomenon on dune erosion? So um, with sea level rise, uh, that the we know that water levels are supposed are projected to rise between like one and four feet, um, depending on where you are and what scenario we're in. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, but with these increased water levels, you will have more vulnerability for the dunes to erode. And um, I would say one of the big issues is uh, naturally, if we, if we weren't humans and we weren't fiddling around and messing around with everything, the dunes would over time just retreat and move backward as the water levels rise. But when we have human infrastructure there, like houses or businesses or things like that, um, it actually squeezes the dunes into a finite area and they don't have that same ability to adapt. So sea level rise is tough because we've made it so in a lot of places the dunes can't move around um, and so they'll probably get eroded more frequently with, um, with the future sea level rise condition. I think the big question maybe raised here is why is the dune system very important in coastal landscape? Or in other words, why do dunes need to be protected from erosion? So um, dunes are important not only because of uh, protecting communities from, from big storm events, so they kind of provide like a natural barrier between the ocean waves and um, the houses, if there's a house there, um, but they also are uh, habitat areas, so there's a lot of different animals that live there and plants. Um, they provide a lot of um, diversity and um, they also are recreation areas for um, people as well. So there's a lot of uses that we have in dunes and there's even some studies that show their economic value, not only for protection for houses, but um, their um, habitat diversity and recreation as well as like carbon sequestration through some of the dune grasses. Um, I don't have the exact numbers on me now, but there's a really good uh, article out there showing how much value the dunes provide in dollars. That means coastal dunes increase coastal community resilience. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The coastal dunes definitely increase the community resilience. What we learned so far is that sand dunes serve an important purpose by protecting inland areas from coastal water intrusion and act as a resilient barrier to the destructive forces of waves. And also there are habitat areas for animals and plants, and maybe recreation areas for people. Megan, could you please uh, let us know about current strategies uh, to manage dune erosion? So there are um, a few different strategies out there to manage dune erosion. Um, one of the most common ones is planting vegetation. And so the vegetation has roots that stabilize the sand um, more and can reduce if the, the um, 
vegetation is established, so it has to be there for a few years, can reduce the amount of erosion. Um, another is nourishment. So that's putting more sand on top of the dunes when they start getting eroded too much than just going offshore, sucking some sand up with a dredge ship and then piling it back, back on the beach. Um, uh, another one that's not quite as nice is um, sandbags or geotextile bags that are placed in front of the dunes in order to um, protect their sand from getting eroded away. Um, that can end up with a lot of plastic or broken up um, non-natural pieces on the beach. And then um, one of the more recent ones that I've been introduced to is uh, biocementation, and that's like your focus. So, yeah, and the podcast focus. Megan, uh, I know you had an interesting large-scale project last summer. And in this project, uh, a storm surge was scaled down. And then um, sand dunes performance in face of wave action were evaluated. It was a really interesting project. If it's possible, please give us more details. Yeah, so um, Asan was also involved in this project. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a really cool project funded by the National Science Foundation with a lot of different universities involved. Um, some of the main players were um, Oregon State University, University of Delaware, um, Texas A&M, and NC State, along with a bunch of different players um, from all over the world, really. Um, and the main focus of the experiment was to better understand mechanisms for beach dune erosion for a, um, a bare dune, so just a sandy beach, uh, a vegetated dune that was where we actually grew plants in place for five months in a greenhouse, um, and uh, an engineered dune, which was the biocemented dune that um, Asan focused on. Um, so we have at Oregon State University, we have a wave lab. Um, it's the biggest wave lab in the country. And in that lab, we have two different facilities and one of them is called the large wave flume. So it's a 110 meter long flume. It's 12 feet, um, 12 feet wide and 15 feet deep. That's wrong. <laughs> 12 feet deep. <laughs> And, um, and it can generate large scale, like full scale waves um, for, some, for some certain projects. So what we did was we, we actually, in order to fit a beach dune into the lab, we did have to scale it down from full size. So it was about half the scale as a dune that you would find on the beach. Um, and then we ran the storm surge and wave profile from Hurricane Sandy on the, the dune itself um, to look at mechanisms of erosion. Um, and the results that we found were a little bit different between the three types of dunes, but we're still um, you know, working on those and analyzing the data to come up with um, some new parameterizations and, and um, ways to model how the coast erodes. That's a really fantastic project. 
we appreciate Megan for giving us this valuable information. In the first part of podcast, uh, we learn about the coastal dunes and their importance to the coastal communities and ecosystems. And also, we were introduced uh, to the dune protection strategies. As Megan mentioned, uh, bi-cementation can be used to increase uh, dune resistance to erosion. Let's know more about the bi-cementation process. We have another guest, uh, Professor Matt Evans from Oregon State University. Matt has valuable numerical and uh, large-scale experimental experiences in using biocementation uh, as a soil improvement method. Um, and he accepted my invitation, and he's going to let us know more about, uh, about this technique. Hi, Matt, and thank you for joining us. Hi, Sam. Uh, thank you for having me. Matt, uh, it seems interesting that some kind of bacteria uh, can increase the strength of soil. How does it possible? Could you please provide us a summary of this method? Sure. There are certain bacteria um, that we, we find in nature that when they are uh, uh, stimulated in the presence of calcium, they convert calcium chloride into calcium carbonate. That calcium carbonate then precipitates at vertical contacts and in effect cements the, uh, uh, the soil in place. We, we make sandstone out of sand in situ. Um, bacteria are microorganisms and uh, we know they are natural. But uh, what about the, the calcium carbonate cement? Is this cement bond uh, harmful to the environment? No, the, the calcium carbonate is, is uh, not, not harmful to the environment at all. And, and as far as we know, um, this uh, carbonate precipitation is effectively permanent. Uh, we can dissolve the calcium carbonate with acid, uh, but, but as long as we don't, uh, don't apply acid to the, uh, to the biocemented sand, then the calcium carbonate remains immobile. What do you think about, uh, about using this method on a larger scale project? I, I think it's, it's absolutely possible. I think we're, we're real close. Um, right now, the, the problem is mitigating the effluent from the treatment. Um, we, a byproduct of this process is ammonia, and the, the pH of the, the water that comes out the back end of the treatment is, um, is something on the order of, of eight and a half to nine. So that's higher than most natural bodies of water that we, we find in nature. So we need to find, a, you know, there, there needs to be a, a strategy in place if we're going to deploy this at a large scale uh, to, to handle that ammonia and to handle the, the pH of that, that uh, wastewater. As we know, one of the applications of bio-cementation is to, to decrease the erosion susceptibility of soil. And also we know that uh, you were involved in an uh, interesting large-scale project last summer. Could you please uh, tell us more about this, uh, this experiment? We, uh, we performed some experiments at the O.H. Hinsdale Wave Research Laboratory uh, here on campus at uh, Oregon State. And there, some, some colleagues had already run experiments where they had, had built sand dunes in the large wave flume. The large wave flume is uh, uh, 12 feet wide by 15 feet deep by about uh, uh, 300 feet long, and they can uh, uh, 
simulate a, a wide variety of wave conditions. And so they had built sand dunes uh, in the wave flume and then hit it with waves consistent with Hurricane Sandy uh, event. And they watched, they, they quantified erosion for a bear dune and for a dune that had a uh, dune grass on it. We then rebuilt the dune to the same geometry as uh, what they had done. We applied the biocementation and then we applied the same wave loading that, that they had applied. Same frequency, same amplitude, uh, same calm water level. And we looked at how the biocementation impacted the, uh, the erosion on the dunes relative to what happened to the, with the bare dunes and the vegetated dunes. And uh, how was the dune performance evaluated during the wave actions? Well, uh, as, as you know, Asan, you were part of the project. Um, we used uh, uh, LIDAR, light detection and ranging, to uh, monitor the, the, the 3D surface of the dunes uh, before, during, and after wave action. And I know that you've been uh, uh, reducing those data to enable us to compare the, uh, the mass wasting from the biocemented dune to the mass wasting from the vegetated dune to the mass wasting of the, uh, the bare dune. And so in that manner, we can quantify the, the, the improved performance that we get from biocementation relative to other approaches. Yes, Matt. Uh, LiDAR is an amazing remote assessment technology and uh, provides uh, high quality 3D point clouds. Uh, I think uh, uh, what we did was the best way to, uh, to detect and quantify the dunes erosion. I mean, by comparing the, the point clouds before and after each wave trial. As the last question, I want to ask about uh, the wave trials. Uh, what were the waves' uh, characteristics? I mean, uh, if we can say the waves uh, were similar to those happening at coast? We used scaled waves that are consistent with what we might expect to see uh, in the surf zone at the beach. And, uh, but we have to, of course, scale those down to, to flume conditions. And we discretized Hurricane Sandy into... 19 trials of approximately 300 waves each. And uh, the wave height increased from the, the first to the 19th trial from about 0.8 meters to about one meter. Um, the wave period increased from about uh, six seconds to about seven seconds. And uh, the, the still water level increased from about uh, 0.25 meters up to about uh, 0.7 meters almost. Uh, by the, the the 19th trial, so the 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 strength and the, the the height of the waves was increasing progressively throughout the the 19 trials. Matt, uh, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Yeah, Asan, thanks so much for having me. Um, I, I'd like to say that uh, uh, certainly, and you know this, we didn't do the work uh, all ourselves. Um, this work was sponsored by the the National Science Foundation. Um, National Science Foundation also sponsors the Hinsdale Wave Research Lab through the Nihiri program. Our collaborators on this work were uh, Dr. Brina Montoya at, uh, uh, at NC State University, uh, Dr. Megan Wingrove here at uh, uh, Oregon State University, and uh, we're of course indebted to the director of the Wave Lab, uh, Pedro Lamonaco, and uh, all of his uh, uh, staff there that, that, that made this work possible. I think we got some new information about uh, one of the natural ground improvement techniques and, uh, and its application to mitigate uh, the coastal dunes erosions. 
Thank you for being with us during this podcast.